everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and I am honored today to be joined by two fellow Springsteen podcasters. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? <laughs> all right, I'll go first. Uh, I'm Seth Lichtenstein. And I'm Alex Rice. Very nice. Uh, and what podcast do you guys do, Alex and Seth? The Springsteen Song of the Week podcast. That is right. Um, Alex and Seth meet once a week, uh, put out a fun episode discussion about a song. Uh, I want to dwell a little bit more into the mechanics. And then um, they are true podcasters and they don't stick necessarily on target. They just go and enjoy the discussion where it takes, which is what I love. And then they are trying to actually rank the songs as they discuss them. Um, right. And so uh, that's pretty cool. Before we get into the podcast, why don't you tell me a little bit about both your backgrounds um you know what kind of music did your family listen to where are you guys from and how did you two end up getting to be friends enough to do a podcast together you want to go first you go first okay well um i was raised so my i was born in kentucky my family um is from kentucky my parents are from louisville and uh so they were always very into uh bluegrass and classic rock growing up and so, um, you know, my, I guess my, you know, I was exposed to bluegrass a lot growing up. And uh, so, but I guess kind of in high school, I started to to listen to other stuff, uh, started getting to rock, like Weezer and R.E.M. and stuff. And eventually that led me to Bruce. And what year did you graduate? Uh, 2007. Uh, yeah, I also, same year as him. Uh graduated high school i was colorado born and raised uh my dad was kind of a a late i suspect around your age uh, um a late arriving hippie he was a big deadhead and uh and huge bob dylan fan um so i kind of grew up and he 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 would listen to vinyl in the living room and stuff so i i would he that kind of I kind of just absorbed it through, you know, osmosis a little bit. So I kind of early on was much more so than any other young children, uh, kind of a classic rock fan. And then um, when I got into high school and stuff, I started to branch out, listen to my own. And I also came around to like alternative rock and stuff. But then I worked my way back through different things. And uh, Bruce uh, is one of my favorites. So, uh, and the fact being friends with this guy has just kind of rubbed off on me even more. And so we've just kind of have kind of died, just dove all the way in on Bruce fandom and uh, couldn't I'm very happy with it. So. So, um, Alex, uh, Seth, how did you guys get to be friends? Well, um, so my family, I, I grew up in Illinois and my family moved from Illinois to Colorado um, the year I graduated high school. And then so. We both went to the University of Northern Colorado, okay. um, and we met there. Uh, my I was on the cross country team, and 
some of my friends from the team, their uh, their suite mate, like they shared a bathroom. Right. One of them was Seth, um, and so that's how we got to know each other. And um, actually, Seth didn't didn't like me very much the first time he met me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it took a while. It was you know, like any good relationship. Um, started off kind of rocky. You thought it was annoying. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, but but it made up for it because I was wearing a, a shirt of a band he liked also, Interpol. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then we. Yeah. So then, as we started to talk more, we became we we bonded. I think over over music the most. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, neither of us graduated from there. Um, mm-hmm. I left after a semester. Um, I transferred, and then Seth after two years, right? And then, so, um, and then, but you know, we kept in touch. I still lived in Colorado at the time, so you know, we'd see each other every uh, every four or five months or so. And then uh, a few years ago, we. Um, started going to a lot of festivals and concerts together like traveling to see music okay. um, you, know, you know once we had jobs and stuff and a little freedom and so we started to go to Coachella together and we started this uh, blog called Coachella Song of the Day um, which we ran for three years um, and then we moved on to Springsteen Song of the Week. Now when did you guys discover Bruce? Hmm what about you? Uh, so I would say, you know, you hear the hits on the radio. Right. Growing up. Uh, like, I remember as a kid, you always thinking that uh, 10th Avenue Freeze Out was uh, 10th Isle is the Freeze Isle. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard that before, but that is awesome. <laughs> um, so, you know, I would sing it in my head, like in the grocery store. Maybe I heard it in a grocery store. Maybe that's how that happened. But uh, who knows? And, uh so and so I knew it was something related to a lot of music I liked. So I think maybe around high school, uh, maybe around college when I started really collecting my own music, um, I, I think I started listening. And then uh, I was so I was always I so, you know, maybe 2008 or so I started listening to like full albums and but not didn't really dive in i would say i did that reasonably well but not like full bruce fandom until 2012 was the year was like the watershed year for me um and then this last year has been taking me another step um since we've been preparing to go to shows on this tour and do this podcast but uh 2012 we both went to we went to a show the, the denver show on the wrecking ball tour together after Alex had seen the shows in St. Paul. Okay. And, and so we went to that and we were just like, I, and this was at the time we w- had already kind of started um, going to like more rock shows as, a, you know, adults. And, and we were just like, wow, you know, that, that is a great show. That's how you do it. Um, so, and then, um, so the, the live show drew me in even more, um, to the music I knew but didn't know like as intimately as I do now. Is that the first time you had seen Bruce perform live? Yep, that's my first show. Okay. And then uh, I uh, also got into him in high school. Um, I remember the exact moment actually. I was uh, it was my senior year. I was on the cross country team. We were going for like a casual Sunday run through the forest, and uh, I had just. I just downloaded Born to Run for some reason. I don't know why. 
must have, you know, read it as a good album or something. Um, and uh, then I remember the end of my run, the 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 part where Jungle Land picks up. Yes. That that that. Well, came, and then I was just like, oh yeah, this the is... Born to Run episode, uh, or um. The album. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought the whole album, and then okay. uh, yeah, then Jungle Land kicked in at the end of my run, and then you know that's what sold me. Okay. Um, and then a few years later, um, I dove into the whole catalog. Um, at that point, you know, between then I listened to an album every now and then. Um, and but then 2010 is when I uh, you know, became a huge fan. And then uh, that was unfortunately time because the Working on Dream tour just ended. Um, but then, I, you know, I, so I had to wait until those St. Paul shows in 2012. Um, the, the two St. Paul shows were the first shows I saw. And then I, I remember walking away from the second one. I, like, I can't I can't wait years to see him again. And so I looked up the, the itinerary and saw Denver was coming up next week. And so I called Seth and I called my brother and convinced him to go. And uh, and yeah, flew out a few days later. So what were your thoughts after seeing him? Now, one of you have already said, you know, and you've already flown across the country to see him. How about you when you saw him the first time there in the Denver? What were you thinking? Well, uh, I was I, I definitely was uh, more drawn to Bruce. Uh, I started I started listening um, when he called me. I think I did like a, a quick bin. Like I I think like the next I had like two days before the show. I think I listened to as much Bruce as I could those next two days before we went. And then but then after I was so sucked in i started i that was like my heaviest listening to bruce period um i didn't i couldn't go to there were no more shows to go to uh and then he never came near me on the high hopes tour so i didn't see him again till this last tour when uh um but you know i i de- i just like your fan you became uh you became like uh like i knew this guy was important and i knew he was a, he made good music, but I still think I maybe underestimated him, and that's when I really dove in and became a fan. How many shows have you seen on the River Tour? I've seen ten. Wow. Yeah, I've seen four. What are you thinking of this tour? Um, I loved it. Um, yeah, we just saw our last show of the tour, Denver. Um, it it was incredible. Uh, the River, you know, has so many songs that. Um, you know, he, he hadn't played in years or at least very sparingly, um, you know, like just every show, no matter how many times I saw it, no matter what show it was, I was looking so forward to the price you pay drive all night wreck on the highway part. And then after that, you get you know, just unpredictability, which is yeah. awesome. So, um, it was, yeah, it was incredible. So, I would say that when ahead. I, oh yeah, sorry. I'll say when we, um, we heard there was going to be a tour and then they, we knew about the, and then when the, he announced that it was going to be a full river album set, I think my first first is like tour is like yes excited and then i heard that and i was kind of like you know that actually doesn't thrill me um I, it just i i mean i still wanted to see it desperately yes. but i was like i don't know if i but then i i thought about it a little bit more i listened to the river a lot more especially with all the new outtakes that had just come out and uh i was like you know what this is it's actually a great because you're we're going to see so many songs that we may have never seen in our lives if just going to regular Bruce shows and some of the best songs, some, you know, some of your favorites. So it's, it, so it, if it takes a little bit of the unpredictability and a little bit of time from the other stuff, 
uh, it was, it's definitely, I think in the end, I think it was definitely worth it. I was very happy with all the river sets. You know, Alex, Seth, I, the reason I ask is I was at Oklahoma city last night. That was my third show. Oh, nice. And, and then I'm going to be in Dallas tomorrow night, which is my home show. Um, so it'll be the fourth time. And my wife, Linda said, are you bored yet with the river? Right. And I said, no, <laughs> I, I, now there are, I said, the songs that I've not enjoyed, I still don't enjoy. And so they shall remain nameless because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings because, you know, everyone has different tastes. Yeah. The rest of the songs, I, it's new every time. Um, and you know, like I agree, I love drive all night and just every time he gets into that long song and I don't mean long in a bad way. I mean, just, he's on that journey and yeah. that, so very cool. Yeah. That's something that, uh, that's something that I've, I, I never really think about with Bruce that, you know, lots of people go to concerts expecting to hear songs that they know and like already, but yes. with Bruce, they love it even though they don't know most of the songs if they're, you know, if they're, they're casual fans. Casual, right. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I had a friend who, um, like your uh, father is a huge Dylan fan and he's, uh, Sam is actually not a fan of the river. So he's debating on whether he's going to go to one of these shows. He says, you know, that you're going to get, um, half the songs I can't stand. I know he's going to play. Um, I made the argument, but seeing them live, you may like them more than you did on the album. Um, he talked about he went to a Tom Petty concert, and he says, this is the Tom Petty concert that I bet a diehard Petty con fan hates because he played everything I wanted to hear. He played every hit that I wanted Tom Petty to play. Um, and you know, Bruce just doesn't do that. You've actually made the – Alex has actually made the exact comment to me about a Petty concert. Right, just, yeah. It's just – yeah, it's just a run through the hits. And Bruce yeah. is like – Bruce treats his audience, I feel like, almost with a little more respect. All the people that just play their hits, they give the audience what they know they'll respond to, what they know they want. Whereas Bruce says, here's, here's a little bit of what you know. But here's this other stuff that you should also like, and I'm going to play it with all with all I've got and put on this great show, and you're gonna love it just as much, you know. Here's so. what you here's what you don't know you want to hear, right? I love how you put it. Here's this song I think you want, but you just don't know you want it. Right. Yeah. Compared to you've seen him with the orchestra and you've seen him now with the pared down E Street Band, which is hilarious when you think about it. There's still like nine or ten people on stage, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thin down. Do you have a preference of which one you prefer? How about you? Um, I mean, so I've seen this one more. I'm definitely more familiar with it. Right. Uh, now like it's four to one. Uh, you know, I kind of. I kind of like the big, um, just just that aspect. I like the the big. I love the horns and the backup singers and the whole um, production. It really feels like you know they just went all out for you. And some there are also it. Uh, it feels like it leaves the catalog more open. It feels like any absolutely any song can get played with that setup because they have somebody there to play every arrangement. Whereas um, 
I still think they certainly could play just about every song with the pared down, but um, there's certain songs where there's one instrument or a horn, you know, a, a horn besides a saxophone that you need to play. And so you go, well, they're probably not going to play that, you know, on this tour. So it adds a little bit to the spontaneity and just the whole production of it. I think I like that aspect of it. I agree with you, um, except, um, you know, I, I agree about how it leaves it more open and stuff and, uh, you know, more flexible. But I think I prefer the, the stripped down band yeah. because I've always been kind of like a, a band purist. Like I like to see original members. You know, I don't like to see a band where it's just the, the singer, the original singer, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of hired guns. Um, so I like to see what, you know, as close as I can to what I would have seen in 1980. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you know, I uh, – and it goes without saying, you know, I'll take the E Street Band any way we get it, right? So exactly. I'm happy with either way. I prefer the orchestra a little bit more too because of just – I love that horn section and the backup singers and like when you, he's doing Shackled and Drawn, you know, and it's just death to my hometown and it's this – huge sound um and i like the idea of what you're saying there is that flexibility it would be tough to hear this band do uh something from wrecking ball it would or even from high hopes not that they couldn't pull it off but it would be a little bit but i am amazed how when i went to pittsburgh because i was that was the first show i saw i was amazed how big they sounded with just those core members. They sure do, yeah. Yeah. We'll tell you, I have a little musical crust on Susie. <laughs> I, I just think she is awesome. That When she brings out that fiddle, I just think it really adds to a lot of cool songs. Right, like uh, Cadillac Ranch. That's yes. a big one. Right. Yes. When she gets her solo. Yes, and I love that, the different solos, and um, I was talking to Chris about meet me out in the streets when he starts calling each of them individually and they give that little line you know I may have missed that the first time I saw the show because you know I'm just kind of caught in the moment but I knew it was coming and I was looking forward to it each time to hear them sing uh really neat right we always went crazy we've always gone crazy after Gary when he says Meet me out in the street. Yeah, because yeah. he never sings. Right. So we always give a big cheer. Yeah, we we cheer hard for Gary. We we like to we like to imitate Gary when we're like dancing in the crowd too. <laughs> Is he just uh, he's there with his sunglasses, just looking cool, just hanging out, just just playing the, these bass lines. Uh, he <laughs> is. Um, I just got his uh, solo uh, release, and I haven't oh, yeah, got to hear it as much. But yeah, he, yeah, he just is just so cool. Yes. <laughs> uh, my son loving the Sopranos just went crazy over Little oh. Steven. You know? Oh, yeah, that's uh, good. Everything. So, um, no more shows this tour. Unfortunately, not. I've been, although I've been debating. I'm going back. I'm flying back tomorrow morning to Minneapolis, and Kansas City is only a six and a half hour drive. I'm not even. I, when I say I'm done, I'm not even convinced. <laughs> yeah, I think um, uh, we have another trip this summer planned. So I think until then, my uh, bank account is I re- tapped out. I really should sa- save up for that too. Yeah. yeah. 
Linda asked me the same question. Are you going to be okay? <laughs> and, uh, you know, you've seen him four times. And I said, yes. I originally, because I started a new job in December, um, I was going to be just happy going to Pittsburgh. I was like, because I had planned before I'd gotten a new gig to like take a week of vacation and drove like, you know, okay, well, I'm going to do Atlanta and then I'm going to do, or, you know, like done Cleveland and I would have done Louisville and I would have just tried to pick three or four, you know, within a week and try to do as many of the Bruce Buds do. Right. Um, and instead with the new job, I couldn't. Um, so I feel really blessed that I ended up getting four. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm telling you right now, I did a scratch-off ticket, and there was an extra 500 to a grand there. <laughs> It'd be hard for me not to look at the calendar and go, yeah. okay, where's another show I can go to? <laughs> uh, Rome, Italy? That's yeah. oh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah. um, so what was the fourth? You, you did Louisville? Uh, so, yeah, I went to Pittsburgh, Louisville, Oklahoma City, okay. and then I'm doing Dallas tomorrow night. So the rumor is, right, that he has a solo album ready to go. Right. And that's what I did tell my wife. I said, now, if we're looking fourth quarter and he's flying solo, I said, you and I are both going. I have because, not yet warned my wife about that. <laughs> as I said, she she saw two shows. Well, she's gone now since we did that Bourbon and Bruce tour. She's gone to three or four shows, and the only reason she didn't go to any of these four is money. She said, I want you to see as many as you can. So I, you go have fun. I don't want to have to, because if I go to a show, that means you get to go to one less. So oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's that was very her nice true love. You, 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 you should, you, you probably. <laughs> so the whole joke was 2015 was the year of Linda. And, and I said very early, cause she was really worried about money. And I said, look, you're only going to do one Ironman race. I want you to have the best. And she says, well, the only way I'm going to do this is every dollar I spend on Ironman, you can spend on Bruce. <laughs> and I'm good, like, good don't you need a new headset? <laughs> you know, hey, don't you need new goggles? Oh, of course you should take your bike and get tuned up. Um, so she is – and that was her point. She was like, I'm paying you back. This is your year. So, But if he tours solo, I want her to see because – um, I was lucky enough to go to the Devils and Dust when he was here in Dallas, and it is it is fun to see the E Street Band, and it I don't know if it's the same, but it is really different. It is almost like he's in a college lecture class teaching you about music huh. because he told a lot of stories. He talked a lot about why he wrote this story, this song, you know, and uh, – like the Silver Palomino from Devils and Dust, not a great song that I loved, but he told the story about it was a friend of his wife's died early, and she had two boys, teenage boys, and he wrote that song for them. Oh, wow. And so then I'm like, well, okay, now I like the song a little bit more, you know? So it's like the VH – every show is like the VH1 storyteller. <laughs> I, I was going to be – that is exactly what it was. Okay. Every time. And so uh, – and that's a different kind of experience. And so Linda says, okay, definitely. We will try to go a couple of shows on that. Um, okay. Um, so you would tell anyone listening, do not be afraid of the river. Embrace it. 
go to multiple shows, you will see something new each time, correct? Completely. Oh, totally. And if there's a song, if you have a favorite song on the river other than one of the staples, you got it. You when are you ever going to see him play it again? Is another exactly. Totally agree. Yeah, I saw. Um, I saw. Um, yeah, in the ten shows, the first nine, I saw a a new song every night. A, you know, a song after in the, the show river. that I, yeah, after the river that I hadn't seen each night, which I thought was pretty awesome. You know, I've got this playlist um, that's fifty one songs long once all the shows are released for the downloads. So you know, I can't wait to listen to that. You know, it's just you know that, that just speaks to how much you get at a Bruce show. You know? Talk to me about why you guys decided to start the podcast and tell me how you came up with the format. So let's see. Where do we start? Okay, well it's we were at a you get you get I would say you're more responsible for it. So. Okay. We were at a um a Denver University hockey game okay. um, back in December. And you know the idea had kind of been in my head a little um because um, we had, you know, talked about a couple of different subjects of, of podcasts, but never really thought about Bruce. And then, um, and whenever we, we really, travel or do anything together, we have these long, we have these, we have these long, like so many ideas. analytical uh, conversations that, you know, this is one of the first ones that came to fruition. Right. right? Yeah. And then, so we were at the game and, uh, you know, the tour, you know, the tour rumors were, or no, the tour had been announced at this point. Um, so we had been talking about what shows we could go to. And, um, so, you know, I suggested this and then the next day we recorded our first three episodes. Um, didn't really know what we were doing at all yet. Still don't really, but <laughs> still have some idea. Um, yeah. So that, it was really just, it really, you know, we've always, um, we always seem to make friends wherever we go and they seem to be drawn to our conversations, you know, whether we're at a festival or just at a bar or something. Um, and so, you know, I've always known that our, our conversations just, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're endless and they're, they're gold most of the time. So, you know, I thought, why not share that with other people? They're at That's least pretty much unique. The, at least unique. That's pretty much the inspiration. Okay. And also we had been big fans of, um, this podcast, you talking, you two to me, which, um, Adam Scott and, uh, Scott Ackerman. Um, Adam Scott from like Parks and Rec and stuff. Right. Um, yeah. And so they have this hilarious, like, but in-depth podcast, like two hours an episode talking about each album. Um, so we, and the, but the, you know, they ran out of episodes at like episode 12 or something. So we, um, you know, we thought, uh, why not do every song? And we, you know, we've had uh, at least half an hour each time it seems. Yeah. So we can ramble for sure. We can ramble. Nothing wrong with that. And you threw in a little baseball talk the other day. We we like we, we like to throw in. Um, we got some baseball talk today too. Yeah. Oh, nice. We throw yeah. in. We we're both. Well, I I especially am a huge sports fan, so I I tend to relate things back to that. And he he is also a sports. So um, we go to lots of games together. Whenever like whenever we have an off day between concerts, whenever <laughs> we're traveling, we find a sports game. You know, we find nice. a basketball game or a baseball game. We're actually on our way. We're so the trip we were talking about earlier. We're um, driving to Bonnaroo, but um, before and after, we're hitting ten different Major League Baseball stadiums. Nice. Yeah. So so yeah. So it just you know it's what it's what we like, and so it just kind of works its way into our conversations. 
Um, so then we don't fight it, I guess. Right. <laughs> so how's the, I have enjoyed the podcast a lot. I think it's just the right amount of um, banter and um, grab ass. And I mean that in the nicest way. I, I, you know, I just love, you know, this, the kind of banter back and forth and, uh, you know, just kind of discussion. Um, so how, how has it uh, been received? Um, I get, we don't have anything to judge it by really, but we've gotten over a hundred listens on each episode. Good. Uh, I, I'm sure you're like thousands, but we're, uh, you know, we, so we're pretty happy with that. Yeah. You know, we, it's, it's gone well, better than we thought than we it thought. would. Yeah. Our, we used to, we used to write blog posts daily and, um, that got read by like five people yeah. at most. <laughs> right. And those, those were a lot of work too. This is, this is just what we do anyway. This is like a regular phone call. What people yes. hear, you know, <laughs> um, I had, I, I really loved, um, for a while, um, Battlestar Galactica, um, some friends, uh, they had a podcast called the Galactica Quorum, and it started with three or four people that all worked at the same firm, and at lunchtime they were talking the latest Battlestar Galactica episode, yeah. and they decided, well, why don't we just record this? <laughs> that's how the podcast started. Um, so yeah, I just wanted – I wanted a Bruce Springsteen podcast, and I did a search, and I couldn't find any except Lin- Lynette Corella. Right, and she wasn't doing it all the time. I mean, she just wasn't doing much. And yeah, it's like so, every couple months or so. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, I had done some other podcasts. I had uh, done Doctor Who and um, had a Farscape podcast. And um, I went to my boss and you know our podcast leader, and I said, you know, what would you think if I did a Springsteen podcast? And he goes, I don't care. And so um, I do not have thousands though. This past month was my best month, and we had 1,700 downloads. So oh, very I'm, nice. I'm, yeah, I'm really proud. And, um, but mostly it's just – I just hope – I get a bigger kick out of just someone saying, you know, I really enjoyed hearing Patrick's story or uh, someone, you know, because that's all I do is – I have a feeling, and I would like to hear y'all's thought on it too – I think Bruce is unique in the way he collects fandom and stories with fandom. What do you guys think? Yeah, totally. Like the um, Springsteen and I, the the documentary. Right. Like, yeah, it's just incredible. Like all different walks of life, all over the world, all different situations. You know, it's it's incredible how you know one artist can can span all that. You know. Yeah. There was a we had. I can't remember which song we had. We talked about. It's probably one of our ones where we incorporated a show recap. Maybe it was maybe Jackson Cage. Um, we we were we kind of talked about the community of the worldwide community of Bruce fans. Yeah. And how it's really unlike any other group I'm a part of, and that it's so big yet so familiar. Yeah. Uh, so. I, yeah, he's a way of keeping it intimate, even yeah. when it's you know he has an audience a of superstar, yeah. you know, hundred million. Yeah. You know? And you know what's my wife doesn't understand is tomorrow, um, I took a vacation day uh, today because you know we came back from Oklahoma and I took a vacation day tomorrow, and 
Linda said, so why didn't you take a vacation day Wednesday? You're going to stay up and then have to get up and go to work. I said, well, because I want to get down to a restaurant near the rest, you know, the stadium or the arena around three or four to get a table. And hopefully I'm going to be able to record a podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Well, who's going to come? I said, well, I'm going to throw it out on Facebook and try to have people come. And she just looks like you don't know any of these people. You just, <laughs> I said, yeah, but we're we're all in the cult of Bruce and you we're immediately are friends. <laughs> and uh, I have so far have not met anyone I didn't like. Um, I don't know if I'd want to get in a car with them and drive, you know, eight hours. Sure. But, you know, it, it's enough to sh- share a few beverages and talks. It's, it's perfectly great. Totally. That's, that's funny. My mom, I, uh, my mom, I was recently, my mom and I took a trip through the mountains and uh, she was driving. She has satellite radio. So, of course, anytime I got to pick the station, I just went, you know, straight to E Street Radio. Absolutely. And uh, they were one of their call-in shows and people were, and they were talking about the shows. It was actually a replay of an old one, but whatever. It, I'd never heard it. So it was people calling in and talking about the show last night. I think maybe after a Sunrise Florida show, and uh, and my mom made the comment. She's like, she's like, wow. She's like, this is like a cult. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is kind of. I was like, but you know, you still don't understand. And my mom is like, you know, casually uh, likes some music just because you know she's of that age, and so she likes the song. So she didn't fight me like when we'd play E3 Radio and a song would come on and she'd like it. So she enjoyed it too. But, uh, um, but yeah, she was just like, but when just hearing like the fans talking about the show and the guys doing the show and, uh, so she made, yeah, it's, uh, it really is, uh, a, uh, a very devout, interesting kind of group. My son said the same thing. Um, he talked about. You know, he's he's talking to me the night before and then today um, he said there's I don't know every song. And he said, and because we're so far up and it's loud, I may not understand the lyrics. So I'm just kind of enjoying the vibe of the song and I'm looking around. He said, and. It truly felt like a cult, like these (laughs) people are just kind of and I said, I I totally agree. Um, And I don't think that's a bad thing. Not at all. Because um, benevolent cult. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And there is just such a joy and happiness in, you know, listening to his music. Um, So do you have a plan? How now? How did you come up with your format and how did you decide to rank the songs? So let's see. Well, initially it was just talking about you. You actually said we should do an album, kind of like you talking you two to me. But then I said, let's do a song. We can keep it going for way longer. Right. Um, so we did the first few songs and then, um, you know, it was another few weeks because, you know, we had a, a couple weeks banked um, of episodes. And then I remember, you know, we were just talking. I was like, I have an idea for the podcast. Let's if we're if we're talking about all the songs, we might as well just rank them because we like ranking things anyway. Like. One of our running jokes together is that um, whenever we're in the car together and we like are going somewhere, we get lost because we're busy ranking all the REM albums and like putting because there's 15 of them and putting them in groups of five and like <laughs> arguing about it, having these long conversations. You know, but then we're miles past where we're supposed to be. 
Um, so, you know, the, the ranking, the nerdy thing, the stats is like just part of us anyway. Um, so, you know, that was kind of a natural progression. Um, and then we actually started a, a new feature just today on today's episode oh. um, where, yeah. So initially, you know, it's this talk about the song, then the rank, but now we have after that is called the roll of the dice. Ooh. And today's episode was the roll of the dice. And we introduced this new segment where we, we have this huge master list of almost every Bruce song. We're still working our way through like uh, adding Unre- like super unreleased. rare unreleased stuff. Um, but you know, we'll add that, as we go and uh but we roll the dice and we whittle it down one by one each roll and we eventually arrive on a song and so we did that for the first time today so nice you'll like you'll 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 actually like the one we came up with we've talked about that song and it's you know okay. it's, it's constantly evolving so yeah. maybe we'll have another feature in three months yeah very cool yeah. Uh, summary of over the past episodes you've done, is there one that stands out the most where you guys really disagreed on the song? Let's see. Today's uh, kind of. Today um, and last week's. We had to, like, we were pretty far apart, but today more so. Today, okay. um, today roll the dice. I had it way higher than he had it. Although he loves the song. Yeah, we have, uh, I know a bunch of songs we've talked about just on our own that we disagree or or like we've like just tried to rank the songs on because we're again we're always ranking things just the songs on certain albums and we'll have a a totally different ranking um so i know there's gonna be some good ones to come some good disagreements uh today was pretty he wanted to put roll of the dice a lot higher than i did i'll say that and yeah we have a we have a system we just compromise and kind of average out talk it out yeah, and figure we talk out where to it put out it out and we get as close as we can then we kind of average it out okay that's fair enough yeah um so is there any any stories you want to share about on the road um concert memories or something that you want to share with my listeners well there's a pretty funny instance um driving back so we went to the newark we went to dc and newark on the east coast um and i went to Madison Square Garden before that, and so I met Seth and our friend Fred in D.C., and we went to the D.C. show, and then uh, spent a night in Baltimore where, where Fred lives, and then we went to Newark, and on the way back, or that night after Newark, we decided kind of on the way, on the drive up to Newark to stay in New York City, um, and so we went to this bowling alley um, at like 3 a.m. in Brooklyn after the Newark show um, and spent about five hours total in our hotel room. Um, and then uh, as we were, so I had to make my flight, and so did Seth. But yours was canceled. Mine was canceled. There was a huge snowstorm. Coming back to Denver. Blizzard in Denver. And mine was going back to Minneapolis. But I still, I had to make it, and we were really run low on time because um, we had traffic. We had traffic between Baltimore and DC, and then uh, so we were recording our first recap episode. We've had a few recaps where we talk mm-hmm. about songs and talking about the tour. Um, we were recording our first our East Coast recap tour, and then uh, we then Fred gets pulled over by the cops and we had to stop it and so that'll be for the um that'll be a bonus content ah very nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um any any other funny stories um that's a funny um i'm trying to think of well we just met, like we what? um we met a radio personality oh yeah so so um do you know tony Kornheiser? He's, yes. Uh, pardon the interruption. So right. I'm a huge fan of his radio show from you know, FDC, the Tony Kornheiser show. 
Um, and you know, it's kind of it's kind of like a miniature Bruce kind of thing because it's like people all over the country listen to it, even though they have no ties to DC. But um, so the uh, the Redskins correspondent, her name is Liz Clark, and she she's a huge Bruce fan. She's seen 150 shows by her count. Wow. And um, she um, so we were driving to the Phoenix. Well, the Phoenix show was kind of a last second decision. We, yeah. <laughs> we, For me, anyway. We went out to uh, I was on a layover in Denver and uh, we went out to the bar and had some beers. And then I convinced Seth to go to the Phoenix show the next day. But um, we. uh so we were driving to the Phoenix show um, from my in-laws place in Phoenix, listening to the, the Tony Kornzer show and Liz Clark came on and she's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to the Bruce show on Thursday. And she's like, surely we were like, surely it's not this Thursday. She's like, yeah, in Phoenix. And so, you know, we were so excited. And then, uh, you know, I, you know, I didn't think we'd meet her, but I looked on my phone for a picture of her and showed it to Seth and just, if you see her, and then, um, you know, every, you know, the crowd kind of moves in the front pit, you know, depending on right. where he is. So, um, during hungry heart, um, we, we, we went up to the, to the catwalk and then we were, as we were walking back, I was like, Hey, Seth, Liz Clark is right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was asking Seth, like a couple times to the show, should I, now I don't want to lose her. So should I go up and say something quickly or should I wait till the end of the show? I don't want to interrupt the show. But then the same thing happened during I'm a Rocker when he went on the catwalk. And then, you know, I, was, I ended up right next to her just by accident. I was like, hey, are you, are you Liz Clark? And she was like, oh, are you a little? Which a little is a fan of the Tony Kreiser show. Um, so, uh, you know, we talked for a little bit. Then, and then we talked, for, we talked for, like, as we walked out, we talked for, like, yeah, we walked 20, out 30 minutes. with her and had this long conversation. And she, was, she was so awesome. So that was, that was pretty cool. We got a picture with her and everything. That is very cool. Right. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. Talk to me. Um, take turns. Songs or albums that mean a lot to you. Okay. You want to go first? Um, Born to Run was the first Bruce album I fell in love with. Um, and I think Jungle Land is just such a, you, the whole album, you're like, the whole album's like, yes. And then it just, such a striking, powerful ending to that album that, um, unfortunately, I think he's going to say the same thing. So, uh, going back through the catalog. Well, actually, I was going to come up with a different one now that you said that. Okay. So. Going back through the catalog, I think I like, I tend to be drawn more to the early stuff that is just like super audacious and, uh, and just, like shoot, him just shooting for the moon. And so like those first two albums, even before born to run, I really love with the, just the youthfulness and the, the lyrics are so, uh, so big. And, you know, later he became like tighter, I feel, and more, uh, his message was a little clearer, but I like the, the kind of the sprawling style of the early stuff. So I'm going to um, go one album later than you, but stay with the last song. I'm going to go Darkness on the Edge of Town. Darkness on the Edge of Town. That's, um, you know, Jung Born to Run and Jungle Land would be my number one, but Darkness is my number two album and number two song. Um, just the the desperate feeling of that song, like the, you can just feel like the, the pain in, you know, Bruce or the narrator's voice. Um, and 
the you know the the never ending uh you know just throughout the whole song and um how it picks up he goes loud quiet loud kind of you know proto grunge um and just like max's powerful drums like tonight i'll be on that hill you know that kind of stuff um so that's that's why darkness is so important to me and it caps off a whole album of you know hard luck stories which you can just lose yourself in very nice um what what song next time you see him has he you haven't heard him play that you want to hear him play Mm. I don't mind is is it the same as yours um, from I don't an early know. Well, album? I've never seen Jungle Land. Oh. But, uh, but I don't know. What's your, what were you going to say? Incident. Yeah. Incident on 57th Street would be my, right. too. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jungle Land is the Holy Grail. Uh, and that, you know, it's just so incredible. Like I saw it in Milwaukee. Um, and, but yeah, now, now I'm moving on. Well, actually, I'd say, Actually, Darkness. I've never seen him play Darkness on the edge of town. That'd be my number two, probably Incident on 57th Street. Another next. one I would throw out is um, one of my favorite live recordings of Bruce is the It's Hard to Be a Saint in the City from the, the, the 1975 London show that was part of like the Born to Run special edition release. Yes. And that one, it's just like such a, it's like he, they play it fast and it's such like a rollicking, like just powerful song. I'm sure they wouldn't play it like that anymore, but I've never seen that one live. So I would think that would be really cool. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, cool. Um, so thank you guys so much for spending time with thank you. me. Um, I, I've loved um, talking to you guys. So if people want to get in touch with you, how do they? Hmm. Well, um, Facebook.com slash Springsteen Song of the Week and SoundCloud.com slash Springsteen Song of the Week. And then also on iTunes, just search Springsteen Song of the Week. Okay. Um, I do not see you guys. Do you have a Twitter account? Uh, or? Don't. Okay. Seth, Seth should take that over. I should take that over since uh, Alex does does do the, the lion's share of the work on this podcast. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe we will, uh, get a Springsteen song of the week Twitter, um, for just for the show. We have, I don't, do you have a personal Twitter? Yeah, that's actually how we set this up. Um, uh, Jesse and I. Okay. Oh, okay. On the, uh, you want to give that list. or you want to get that out? Okay. It's just, just at Alex Rice. Um, Yes. Okay. You have one? I have one. It, I have Neither of us use it that much. Yeah. yeah. So that's the issue. Um, I would certainly be willing, especially now that um, I was. I, I remember trying to get the Twitter going, Twitter promotion for our blog um, mm. when we had it. So, um, but now that I'm, I guess we're diving back into uh, media a little bit. I think maybe I'll be a little more active on Twitter, but just. Okay. My personal Twitter, I've always, you know, I, you know, if no one's reading it, why, why bother? <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Because uh, I will include it in the show notes, and then when, um, in a week or so, when I put out the episode, I'll copy you guys 
uh, on the Twitter account, so let me know and I can put it in there. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Uh, we'll we'll probably we'll probably put one up and we'll at least have okay. it. We'll at least sync it um, to in the coming week. We'll and we'll sync it so it at least have all the episodes. And, and now we have a reason to start one. Yeah. <laughs> We're starting off hot. Hey, yeah. that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Uh, good. All right. Well, you guys, uh, as Kevin Pollock says, sit there uncomfortably while I finish up. If you want to be on the podcast and talk about Bruce and all that implies, please send an email to setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We do have a Facebook page, setlustingbruce, and a Twitter account at setlustingbruce. Please check that out. We'd also appreciate you going to iTunes to rate and review us. It helps people find us. Um, and it really does make a difference when the episodes come out. If you retweet it and share it with us, um, if you like what I'm doing, let me know. Uh, let other people know. If you don't like what I'm doing, let me know. Um, Alex, Seth, this is great. Um, I am going to close because I figure we are blood brothers in Springsteen with now the hardness of this world slowly grind your dreams away, making a fool's joke out of the promises we make. And what once seemed black and white turns to so many shades of gray. We lose ourselves in work to do and bills to pay. It's a ride, 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 and there ain't much cover with no one running by your side, my blood brother. Beautiful. I appreciate you guys are running by my side. Keep it up, and uh, I'll be listening. Thanks. Right, yeah. Um, right. You should come on sometime. We'd love to have you on. I, I would love that. I was going to be too polite to force myself, but <laughs> absolutely, yes, I would love to do that. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. So just let me know. Yeah, sure thing. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Yeah. Thanks. Too. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.